Hey guys, welcome back to Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Keeping It Simple is uh, the Simple Church Collective podcast. Uh, I'm Luis Sanchez, here the director of the Simple Church Collective, and we have Scott Callantine here with us again on the show. Welcome, Scott. Hey guys, thank you, Luis, for, for having me on. Uh, we're hosting this together, episode right. five. Uh, I am so excited just yeah, to dude. continue on in this journey, man. It's been good to this point. If you've not been with us, uh, welcome. Uh, if you yeah. have been, uh, last episode, we talked about uh, our first core value and practice, right. which is keeping Jesus at the center. What we mean by that is that Jesus is the center of our life, that yeah. he impacts every aspect of our life. And he also is the center of the Simple Church Collective. Right. Uh, this movement is fueled by Jesus at the center. And so uh, if you haven't listened to episode four, go back, listen to it. That'll be a great episode before we continue on. We're going to continue to talk about our values and practices. And so today we're going to talk about prayer and fasting. And when I say prayer and fasting, Luis, what am I talking yeah. about? What is this? Yeah. So when we when we think about prayer and fasting, um, let's just break those up. Prayer first, you know, it's like being in in, in conversation and in communication with God. It's uh, when I think about prayer, it's a it's a two way street, not just uh, talking. You know, kind of growing up, I have little kids, you know, and and they repeat the same prayer every night, and that's fine. You know. Um, uh, they repeat the same prayer when they when when they eat. Um, you know. Someone once said it's better to have prayer without words, right, than words without heart. And 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 so when I think about prayer, it's like just pouring out your heart to God and 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 connecting with God, communicating with God, and 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 letting uh, God into uh, uh, the things uh, that you know are on your heart, that are on your mind. Uh, and uh, communicating with him. When I think about fasting, we think about, and we, and we see this in, in scripture, think about uh, picking a specific set amount of time to not eat uh, for the purposes of, you know, gaining uh, spiritual clarity or for uh, discernment, for seeking wisdom, for, uh, in, in some cases, um, seeking protection, um, that kind of thing. And so we see that in the Bible, um, prayer and fasting are huge spiritual weapons uh, to use when going after um, something like we're going after, which is establishing a disciple-making movement right here in the greater Seattle area. Yeah, prayer and fasting is one of these things that I think is really hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in my personal experience, um, and I've I've fasted here and there. Um, the last few years, I've probably prioritized it more so. But it's not something that comes natural to me. It's not an easy thing to to give up food. Right. And you know, I've like fasted from social media and different stuff, and I think that's one hundred percent healthy. That's true. You can do that. I, yeah. I, don't know if I'd say that's like super biblical, but it's definitely a very healthy practice to yeah. do to, to give up social media. Um, hint, hint. Maybe we need to do that more. Um, but prayer and fasting, specifically giving up food, yeah, man, that is hard because I don't know about you, but I like to eat food. That's right. And I like to eat food that's not particularly good for me, but it tastes really the good. The Lord's chicken. Absolutely, Chick Fil A. Let's go. Except for on Sundays, you know. 
Um, Closed on Sunday, as Kanye says. But uh, prayer and fasting is not easy, man. It is hard to give up that that food and and specifically try and listen to the Lord. Um, But then I I always can go back and think of Matthew chapter 4 when Jesus fasted for 40 days. That's a lot. And that's big time. Um, I'm not saying you need to go fast for 40 days, but starting this practice and just keeping in mind, it's possible, man, and it is doable. it's all about submission to the Lord. And it's saying no to a good thing for a better thing. And it's not forever, right? Like when you fast, you say, hey, food's good. It's amazing. But Jesus is better. Food's good. It's amazing. Uh, but he- hearing from the Lord and discerning next steps about a specific thing, that's better. Food's good and amazing. But seeing people open their hearts for the gospel, that's much better than, uh, you know, me being able to get even the Lord's chicken, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, on any given day. And so I, I agree. It's, you know, and, and prayer and fasting and, and other spiritual practices, right? They're not easy, but it's saying, hey, how do we, um, but, but they're good for us, right? So they're not easy, but they're good for us and they're good for the kingdom. Yeah, we don't come to you guys uh, on this podcast as like complete experts in everything oh, yeah. that we talk about. Uh, I mean, Luis and I have talked relatively in the last few weeks about how we want to make prayer and fasting a larger part of our life. Yeah. Uh, but I know that prayer and fasting has been a part of my life, a part of your life, yeah. and I know it's played a role in bringing you and Melissa, his wife, yeah. to the Northwest. Could you maybe like yeah. share that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I just want to piggyback off what you just said right now, Scott. Like, man, I don't know about you, uh, but being in this kind of state of corona um, has disrupted so many of my rhythms, which included, you know, daily prayer and, you know, uh, fasting from time to time. You know, it's been almost a year and I'm still trying to figure out my rhythms. And so I've been feeling convicted more and more in these last couple of weeks um, to make prayer and fasting even more central to what we're doing here at the Simple Church Collective uh, and with our core team. And we set out, you know, Fridays to uh, first Fridays to pray and to fast and to ask Jesus to do some cool stuff. Um, But throughout the world, people who have studied these movements and and revivals and disciple-making movements um, they find that prayer and fasting is almost like the engine, uh, you know, that helps drive these things. Melissa and I um, were not from the Northwest. We are from the East Coast. Uh, she's a Vermonter. West Coast, best coast. <laughs> uh, uh, and I am from New York. And we were serving at a church plant in Philadelphia for about seven years. Um, when we you know, right about like after like like the seven year mark, felt like our time in Philly was done. We started to pray and we started to fast about uh, next steps. During that season of prayer and fasting, Melissa and I separately got the Seattle area. Uh, we took a week to pray and to fast separately, uh, and. She arrived at Seattle, and I arrived at Seattle. We don't know who arrived at Seattle first, but we both prayed similar prayers. We don't know anybody in the Seattle area. And Jesus, uh, if you want us to move out there, you need to tell the other person. And I said the same thing. Melissa said the same thing. At the end of the week, we, provi- we, we 
we uh, uh, compared notes, and uh, lo and behold, we had both landed on the Seattle area. Long story short, it's been almost six years, and we are in the Seattle area. Uh, we've taken a, a, a circuitous route to get to where we are right now. Uh, we were serving on Whidbey Island, uh, now uh, here on the mainland. Uh, Whidbey is, 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 is right here in the Seattle area. And um, a couple of years ago, we started feeling like Jesus was pulling us back into the church planting world. Uh, and again, we went back to the basics, right? Prayer and fasting is one of those spiritual basics. Um, and we discerned a vision about planting a church here in, in, in the region, uh, a church that would be multicultural, multiethnic, multisocial. Uh, and, um, and, and we started that, but we felt from the very beginning that prayer needed to be a part of all that we were going to do. Um, the Lord specifically highlighted uh, Psalm 127.1, uh, where the psalmist writes, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. And so whatever it is that we build, uh, now we've, you know, we retooled because of Corona. We've got renewed vision. We're looking to plant simple churches, which are Jesus-centered communities on mission. We've moved away from the uh, Sunday morning model. Uh, we're casting a wider net. And it's almost like, even a greater, grander vision um, than we first received. But we know that without God, um, none of what we're going to do is going to be impossible. None of what we've discerned that Jesus is asking us to do is going to be possible. And unless we start at this place of prayer and fasting and submission, then we really are uh, just building on sand. Uh, you know, when we talk about vision, we, 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 we talk about how God never gives us a vision that we can accomplish on our own. If, if the vision that we have comes from God, then we're not going to be able to accomplish that vision by ourselves. And I would say if the vision that you have uh, for your life is uh, something that you can do on your own, it's probably too small. Right, mm -hmm. and it's and it's probably just something that you just want to do. And go ahead and let, that, ahead and just, let that sink in. Yeah, go go ahead and just do that. Right, um, but God-sized visions um, needs God's intervention and God's activity. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. In life and mission and prayer is a two-way street. It says we're not doing something and asking God to bless it. We're discerning what God is already doing and asking him how we can join. Right. So prayer is a two-way street, right? It's a two-way street. And we're not just saying, hey, God, we want to just do this thing and then ask you to bless it. What we're doing is, what, God, what are you already doing and how, we, how can we join you in doing that thing? Right. Because God, long before you and I That's right. were born, started following Jesus, God has already been on mission. He's already be, been doing things in the world, restoring right. creation to himself. And we are just now at our point where we're joining his mission. We're getting yeah. on board. Train's already left the station. It's been going for thousands yeah. of years, and it's our turn to just participate in it. We're not asking Jesus, like, hey, uh, 
you know, come along for the ride. We're saying, how can we, how can join, we join Jesus? You? Yeah. Rather on... than Jesus, how can you join us? Exactly. Yeah. And the reality is, you and Melissa were told by Jesus to come to the Pacific Northwest, to the greater Seattle area. You say like that, it sounds kind of weird. Hey, we were told by Jesus, but we felt like Jesus was moving us in this direction. Yeah, the Spirit spoke to you guys because you, you prayed and you fasted and, yeah. and you came to the Pacific Northwest, which, as a Pacific Northwester for life, hey, what's up, Oregon? Uh, you came to the most unchurched region That's in right. the United States. That's like, right. The most post-Christian, post-church culture That's right. in all of America, uh, at least the United States of America, is... The Pacific Northwest. Yeah. What a place to come. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Have you seen that, Scott, in, in your own life? You know, how this region and area, I mean, particularly the, the I-5 corridor from, like, Seattle all the way down Absolutely. to Portland. Like, how, how this is, like, a tell us a little bit about, like, yeah. growing up here, like, in a post-church environment. Yeah. Shout out to Oregon, my, my place, to Portland. Not quite my city, but it's up there. Um, this this region in general, uh, like you can you can look up stats and, and everything. It's factual that just like the number of churches compared to the number of believers and the non-believers, it, crazy. Like people just don't attend church up here. Right. Um, not that they're not open to spiritual matters. Right. They're one hundred percent open to spiritual conversations and Many spiritual people, right? matters and relationships. Just like uh, you know, much of the world, specifically in, in the eastern part of the world, definitely open to that kind of thing. Um, there's just not a lot of stock put into religions in general, and then not a lot of stock put into Jesus. Like yeah. this, this area is so far removed from like the Bible Belt and the East Coast and their yeah. origins of the nation, uh, and where a lot of Christian influence has traditionally been. That this area is just. It's embraced a different ideology, and it's kind of moved past Christianity. Yeah. That's why it's, I refer to the term post-Christianity. It's where yeah. it's kind of moved beyond the Christian influence. And, but people, it's weird because people are open to spiritual conversations and spiritual matters, and it's not, like, weird. But also, there's this dynamic of, like, you kind of do you, and I'll do me. And, yeah, like, yeah, let's, yeah. Not, let's not, like, cross boundaries too much. And yeah, yeah. there's a lot of, like, secularism up here, which I don't love the term, but there's this idea that uh, a lot of smart people up here too like yeah i mean i'm up here so just kidding <laughs> this just kid. kidding uh <laughs> still in college still working on that stuff but yeah there's a lot of people up here that are smart especially in like the seattle area and everything tech space like, and all it, that. it's a big tech space you know outside of the bay area this is like one of the smarter areas on the, yeah. on the west coast i was i was i was listening i was talking with um, a buddy of mine who's been doing ministry here for over 10 years, he said, we have more PhDs per capita than anywhere else in America, here in our region. You know, and what he was saying is that people use their uh, uh, brains, mm. right, um, to shield themselves from their hearts. Like what he was saying is like, wow. and, so, and so you're not going to convince a person uh, just with arguments. In this region, this is what he's saying after doing 10 plus years of ministry here in the, in, in the area. And, and he's down in Bellevue, right where Microsoft is. And, 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 Lots of smart and people down in the area. Of, yeah, and, and he's doing and he, great ministry. Um, he's saying, but what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to win the hearts of man. And, and, and the reality is this. We can't change 
man's hearts, right? We can't change women's hearts. Only God can do that. And how do we do that? That's true. That's true. See, I think of this passage in Acts 13. Um, when we talk about prayer and fasting, and then specifically we talk about people like needing to be reached. And like Acts, if you ever read the book of Acts, it's all about people being sent out. And it's all about the early church. And Acts 13, uh, Paul, the apostle, and Barnabas, uh, they were being sent out. They were about to be sent out. And scripture says that they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to them, gave them direction, told them where to go. And this fascinates me because in this region, there are so many people that, that need to be reached. You know, it's the lost. People are lost. And, but until it's, we have prayer and fasting that are leading us into that and allowing the Spirit to speak to us, our direction will be meaningless. and What we're going to be doing is going to be meaningless. And so it has to start with this prayer and fasting. And then we were sent out to reach people. Then we connect with people. Then we bring people into relationship with God. I know there's, there's this guy in Africa who's been teaching us a thing or two in, yeah, yeah. in our exponential uh, cohort that, that we're in. And there's this, this church leader in Africa. Um, can, can you tell us a, a couple of things that, that he's been teaching yeah, us? Yeah, yeah. So trying to do what we're trying to do here in the Seattle area, obviously, um, we're not going to be able to do it on our own strength, right? We're not going to be able to do it on our own intellect. We're not going to be able to do it on our own resources, right? Because it's just a God-sized endeavor. It's a God-sized vision. And we feel like, but Jesus wants lost people found. And he wants people that are hurting to be loved. And he wants people that have experienced injustice to find right uh, 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 justice uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, uh, crazy, in the midst of the crazy world that we live in. This, this brother in Africa, who has been leading uh, uh, a disciple-making movement, uh, I heard him say uh, that our prayers, right, should make God sweat. Our prayers should make God sweat. And when I think about that, I'm like, man, you know, that's, that's such a crazy image, right? Um, but if we get vision from him, right, God, and then we just say, hey, God, now you're the one that has to show up. Now you're the one that has to build, and you're the one that has to uh, uh, bring about the results that you want to see. It's our job just to be faithful. And so he says that in, in, in their movement, I mean, they pray and fast every week. They pray and fast every week. And they see, like, tons of people outside of the faith coming into the faith. They see miraculous things. And this is all supported by Scripture. Jesus in Matthew chapter 17 sends out uh, the disciples to go do uh, some really cool stuff. And he sends them out on a mission. They heal people. They do, you know, uh, um, they cast some demons out of some people. You know, that's a whole entire different conversation. That's a whole other topic. Right. We're not um, going down there right now. Right. But... But they come back and they're like, some really cool stuff happened. But then there was this like roadblock that we hit. We weren't able to, uh, you know, grant this other person freedom from like, you know, like the, the the demonic spiritual stuff that was holding them in bondage. And so Jesus was like, well, the reality is this. Sometimes some of that stuff only comes out through prayer and fasting. And so... Um, we 
believe Jesus and we take Jesus at his word and we see in the life of Jesus that at the beginning of his ministry he prayed and fasted in the middle of his ministry he took time aside he would find a place of solitude he would be praying right before he was about to die he asked the disciples to pray and and much like the disciples today I mean like we can't even do that pray for an hour and and I'm like Scott said earlier like man we have not figured this out completely, right? And we are not saying we've been the most faithful people in prayer. In fact, you know, it's a cause to repent, right? That we need to repent because we haven't been faithful in prayer. We haven't been faithful in fasting. But as we see, you know, this thing that we're trying to build, like, it has to be born out of a place of prayer and fasting. And it's not a guilty place, not a guilty place, but a place of grace. A place of, you know what, God, don't just give me grace because I didn't pray and fast, but give me the grace to pray and fast so that we can uh, be aligned with your will and your plan for this city and this region. Yeah, I mean, mean, prayer and fasting, uh, it's not something that we do as a way to like brag, look look how spiritual I am. Jesus talks about this in Matthew 6 in his famous Sermon on the Mount. And essentially, he says, Fast in secret. Mm-hmm. Don't brag about it. Yeah. Your father will know yeah. that you're fasting. Like God's going to be aware yeah. that you're fasting and you're drawing near to him. I love that he says, when you fast, not if you fast. No, it's, it's already an assumption. You're going to be fasting. Right. And here in the West, that's not really something we've embraced very much of. And so we, that's something we're, we're trying to change in, in just talking about this and then doing it ourselves. But we don't do it in a way to say we're holier than, than thou or anything yeah. like that. It's, it's from a place of drawing connection to God. And I know that uh, us at the Simple Church Collective have fasted in, as a team before, yeah. and we've prayed. And So could you real quickly kind of give us a practical, how have you seen this work? Yeah. So most recently, right, I think at the beginning of Corona, you know, we, we were still trying to figure out a way to um, – draw a crowd so that we can launch you know large as a as a sunday morning type church and we were trying to uh serve our community which we're still doing and we will continue to do because that's biblical right uh but we were trying to uh you know draw a crowd find ways to serve the community get our name out so that people would come to us right uh and, and so much of our paradigm has changed since. And, and, you know, now we're trying to have people come so that they can go, not come so that they can stay, come so that they can get equipped. And, and you know, if you're here, you're one of those comers, right? And now we're saying, hey, how can we equip you, come alongside you, and then send you back out, yeah, absolutely. you know, uh, so that you can live the life that Jesus has called you to live. Uh, I digress. Uh, we, we started praying and fasting. It was the beginning of Pentecost. The Pentecost season is um, uh, this, this season where, where we see in the book of Acts, um, the, the, the disciples um, were waiting uh, during this season leading up to Pentecost. Um, and and when, you, when you think about Pentecost, the, the feast itself was like the giving of the, the, the Jews celebrating the giving of the law of Moses um, to to the people. And then Jesus uh, drops the Holy Spirit on his church, and the church is born, and he drops, you know, the Spirit uh, at that same. So go to Acts chapter 2, read it on your own. It's, that's it's right. It's a wild um, 
but that the Holy Spirit comes. So as a church, so they become a we people were, of we're reading this word and spirit, right? Yeah. So there, so we're going through the Book of Acts as a church, and we're saying, Jesus, we're gonna fast. We're gonna take notes from the church in in the Book of Acts. The first day we start our fast, we were gonna fast for ten days. I get a text message from my uh, son's wrestling coach, who happens to be uh, a member of the Tulalip tribe, which is the local uh, Native American tribe here, and uh, he he works uh, in their government. And he said, uh, Luis, uh, can you help us get rid of some of these potatoes and onions that we've got recently? Some farmers, because of the coronavirus thing, uh, on the other side of the state, have you know, a bunch of potatoes and onions and they don't want them to go to waste. They donated them to us. And the church down the road from you just got rid of 5,000 uh, potatoes. Meanwhile, that church is like a 3,000 member church. <laughs> yeah, they're, they've been around for a while. For a minute, yeah. right? And so, and I'm like, uh, in the back of my mind, I have like all of the impossibilities. We don't have a building. We don't have that much people. We don't, I mean. There's a lot of reasons why this wouldn't why work. Why this wouldn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, let me get back to you on that, though, right? So good church planters, we make much out of small things, right? Uh, we embrace the pioneering spirit of, of making much with very little. And so I make a couple phone calls. By the end of the day, we have our very first outreach, hmm. even, and, and it fell on our laps. And, and it happened the very first day that we be began to pray and to fast. Ten days later, we had... Um, forged a partnership with the city of Marysville and helped become a bridge between the city of Marysville and the Tulalip tribe uh, and uh, were able to bless our entire community with 2,100 pounds of potatoes, 1,400 pounds of onions, and 268 New Testaments. And all that with about 15 people. Mm. That's making, that's taking advantage, making much with little having a great impact you know that is that is the spirit of god is already doing something he's already at work and, and we are joining him yeah as as we're gonna we're gonna start to wrap things up we're gonna begin to close um so we, we are joining god uh, on what he's already doing um, and that's just one story of how it's manifested um louise we're joining god in this but it's really it spiritual battle right um, there is a spiritual enemy as we wrap this up can you maybe highlight the significance of the, the spiritual battle and the spiritual enemy yeah for so us? the reason why we're praying is because we're, we recognize that jesus is calling us to engage like in matthew 17 in this kind of age old war of good and evil right and uh evil wants to take people out right evil wants to uh, have people uh, engaged in cycles of addiction. Evil wants to, you know, destroy families. Evil wants to, uh, uh, you know, have people uh, believe lies all of their life and, you know, uh, wrestle with things that uh, Jesus could really free them from. And so in in the New Testament, Paul talks about this, and I, and I love it that he kind of creates a framework for this, is that we do not battle against flesh and blood. So what we're trying to start here in the greater Seattle area, um, uh, on the surface seems like we're just trying to reach people, you know, be nice to our neighbors, you know, and, and, and tell them about Jesus. But really what we would love to do is to see these people be free 
free from all the things that tie them to anything but Jesus mm -hmm. and connect them to Jesus and the cross and Absolutely. their life purpose. Yeah. The, 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 the Apostle Paul says that we um, are in this kind of war uh, where we battle not against flesh and blood, um, but against powers and principalities and, and, and just evil stuff. And so this is one thing that one of my, my, uh, my former mentors said, the people that we're trying to reach here, they're not our enemies. The people around us, they're not our enemies. Why? How do we know that? Because they have flesh and blood. If it has flesh and blood, they're then it's bears. not our enemy, right? They're image bearers and they're, you know, the people that we ought to be loving into the kingdom. Absolutely, yeah. So, so what we need to do is embrace the weapons that we do have, which, which Paul says they're not of this world. And what he's referring to, this is what I believe is the spiritual weapons of prayer and of fasting. And, 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 and deep practices like this where we say, Jesus, you're the one that's going to have to do this. You're the one that's going to have to change the heart of man. And we cannot face the issues here in the greater Seattle area. And you cannot face the issues of wherever you are in the natural realm. And we're not going to battle them in the same way. What we need is supernatural uh, uh, intervention from you and where we draw that strength and where we draw uh, 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 the power to do that is from uh, Jesus uh, through the Holy Spirit and, 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 and Holy Spirit-empowered uh, disciples that make disciples that reach people and help them uh, become free. Yeah, prayer and fasting is as much a practical thing as it is a spiritual thing. There, is, there are both sides to it. Practically, yes, giving up things and, and submitting to God, but also spiritually you know, interceding on behalf of others and, and hearing from God. And, and so there is, a, there is absolutely a spiritual battle that takes place in the heart of man and in our world. And we do our part in participating in that through prayer and fasting. And as we wrap up here, guys, uh, I, I want to invite you guys into something with us. Uh, you may not hear this uh, in time before the first Friday of, of the month, but, but consider this for the, the coming first Friday. Uh, each first Friday, we here at the Simple Church Collective, as a team, dedicate ourselves to prayer and fasting. That means each first Friday, uh, we give up food, and then we, we break that fast at dinner time with each other. You know, and if you'd like to be a part of that breaking of the fast, you know, we'd love to connect with you. Um, but I, I want to implore you guys to join us in that. And every first Friday, we fast. And then at some point in our day, we pray. Maybe we pray throughout our day, or maybe we dedicate specific time during our day to prayer. Uh, and for us on the, the Simple Church Collective team, we pray that evening with each other as we're breaking this fast. So I want to invite you guys into this with us. Yeah. And not it to be just some like thing you hear about and never actually do. But maybe each first Friday you can step into this with us and join us in this prayer and fasting that we're doing. Yeah, and 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 this is the kind of thing that we're that we're fasting for and praying for that God would move in the hearts of people, including our own, right? And for Him to open doors that only He can open, so that you know we can have access to share the gospel with people, to talk about the love of Christ, uh, and to help bring hope. Um, 
in places where, you know, hope um, is non-existent. We really need um, Jesus to show up. And without him, like I said at the very beginning, you know, we're just building on sand and the laborers are building mm. in vain. So would you guys join us? Would you consider doing that? Uh, we would love it. Let us know that you're doing that. Uh, join us on all our socials. Uh, Follow us at Simple Church Collective uh, on on Instagram and yep. and such and, and, and Facebook. Yeah, subscribe to our to our weekly emails. You know, feel free to e- email us media at simplechurchcollective.com. We'd love to connect with you guys. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Keeping It Simple, where we talk about life and mission in ways that are easy to understand. Stay tuned for next week's episode coming out on Wednesday morning. Thank you guys for listening.